I'm Lily Janik, the San Francisco Chronicle's theater critic. But today, I get to sit in as the host of Fifth and Mission. Cecilia Lay will be back from vacation Wednesday. This is the Tuesday episode of the Fifth and Mission podcast. But if you're a Chronicle subscriber, you might be listening over the Labor Day weekend. That's because this episode is part of a project called Women's Work on sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Five Chronicle photojournalists each spent 24 hours with a working mother, documenting a day in the life of mothers who work, which means they're actually working two jobs, one for a paycheck, the other at home, raising their children and sometimes caring for elders as well. I do everything for these two ladies. So if I'm not here, who's going who's gonna to provide? The photojournalists are all women, too. You're going to hear from some of them and from some of the moms they photographed. You'll hear from Kamucha King, who just spoke a second ago. She's a room service server at the St. Regis and the mother of a 12-year-old daughter. She also cares for her mother. By the way, she's also fighting an Ellis Act eviction. And I'll talk to Bronte Whitpen, who spent the day with her. You'll also hear Gabrielle Lurie, who photographed Mary Jane DeCastro, an after-school teacher with four kids and a disabled husband. And Leah Suzuki, who has a unique perspective as the only one of our five photojournalists who's a mom herself. She'll be here talking about her subject, Connie Rivera, the mother of a 12-year-old son and 22-year-old daughter. Connie runs a traditional Mexican arts and crafts shop and is a traditional dancer. But wait, there's more. She also volunteers at the Mission Food Hub. The other photojournalists in the project are Yolanda M. James and Jessica Christian. I had the honor of writing the text for the Women's Work Project, and that's why I'm here. I interviewed the working women as well. You can find it at sfchronicle.com slash womenswork, all one word. Let's start with Bronte Whitpen, who photographed a 49-year-old Peruvian immigrant named Kamucha King. Bronte, tell us a little bit about her. Kamucha, when you first meet her, I mean, her eyes, her skin, her smile, it's just radiating. Like, she glows. And she's this short little like firecracker. She always has a smile. She's always laughing and making incredible eye contact. Like she always just makes you feel seen and heard. And I think that is just a testament to her story and and who she is, um, both in her personal life and also um, working as a room service server at the St. Regis. So tell us about spending the day with her. When did you even start? We started at six in the morning or so. I mean, Kamucha, she wakes up and leaves the house when it's dark. She also comes home when it's dark. Um, But she will wake up and first thing she does is go and exercise. It's kind of the only time that she has to just set for the day, her only alone time where she can think about everything that she has to do. Because, you know, Kamucha is the breadwinner of her family. Let's hear Kamucha talking about her morning. I asked her what time she wakes up each day. Sometimes 5.30, so if I want to do more exercise, and I keep driving to the park, and I just walk, 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 and I do my exercise. And what are you thinking about while you're walking? (sighs) So many things. So many things. What am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do today? What am I going to, how am I going to organize my agenda? I need to get a house. I need to, you know, like, so many things and mainly my daughter what's gonna happen i'm trying to keep myself active so nothing happened to me that i don't get sick and try to you know keep keep myself healthy 
for them, for those two, because they are my motor. I do everything for these two ladies. So if if I'm not here, who's gonna who's gonna provide? What happens when she gets back from the park? She eventually comes back home and she gets her mother ready to go to the senior center. And then she runs upstairs and she gets her 12-year-old daughter up. And that is a whole process in and of itself because you have to make sure that she's fed and that she has her book bag together and that she's going to make the bus on time. And then it's time for Kamucha to get ready. And so... I think like the only alone time Kamucha has is that little bit of time at Golden Gate Park, but also putting on her makeup in her car. And then eventually she goes and works as a room service uh, server at the St. Regis. But that's not all that she does. She also is super active in um, the Local 2 union where she's a shop steward, um, but also is just a voice for a lot of workers that um, are an immigrant just like herself. So she spends, I would say, predominantly a lot of her time talking with workers and responding to emails and having meetings and lots of people call her. So her cell phone will ring and it's the song, I work hard for the money. And And she does. (laughs) She does. And so for you, Bronte, following Kamucha, what was that like? Not only was I just absolutely astounded by this woman's energy and the fact that she just kept a smile on her face and cracking jokes the entire time, but I was exhausted. By the time I got home, which would be around midnight, having li- li- living in Oakland, I would put all my stuff down and sit on the couch and just kind of have to take a little bit of time to think about what I just went through with her. And this is a part of her daily life. This is nothing, she doesn't bat an eye to this, but it's just the fact that she does this every day. And I was barely hanging in there. You know, the amount of times we went up and down steps, you know, navigating the different, like the streets of San Francisco and all of the elevators and the different floors that she has to go up and down in the St. Regis. I was exhausted and I was in awe of just her energy. And it made me think a lot about my own mom. What was that situation? So my mom, not only did she run her own cookie business, but she eventually worked also in the restaurant industry. And then she ended up working as an executive director of downtown Billings, Montana, where I'm from. And so my mom wore a lot of different hats. And growing up, my mom was always working. Not only did she would take us to work with her sometimes. But oftentimes, especially working restaurants, I would stay up and call the the restaurant on the landline and ask when she would come home. And I was pretty young at the time, maybe like nine or 10 or so. But I would wait up for my mom to come home from work, just like Kamucha's daughter waits up for her mom to come home from work. And so that resonated with me greatly because growing up, I was always really angry at my mom for working all the time. I didn't understand why she couldn't just stay home. I didn't understand why she couldn't just stop moving. But spending time with Kamucha made me realize, you know, she is taking care of her family. She's the only one taking care of her family. And if it if she's not able to, who is going to? So it made me really think about my own mother and it made me understand, wow, like that's what my mom was doing. So you've just given us the daughter's perspective of what that's like. 
Let's hear the mom's perspective. Here's Kamucha. Every day she changed. One day she yeah. sees some, she, she goes to the doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. Because she, <laughs> you know, like we went to a doctor often because I have to do her checkups, my checkups. So that those two, two or three days, she's going to be a doctor. They, you know, like yeah, we go totally. to the hair salon and she's like, oh, she, I'm, I'm going to be a hairstylist. <laughs> so she's on that stage that I don't think she knows exactly what she wants. And she changed every day. But I know that whatever she chose, she will do be- better than me. Way better than me. Obviously, we don't know what Violet's going to be. But Bronte, you grew up to be a photojournalist for the San Francisco Chronicle, which is amazing. And I have so much awe for your work. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. We'll take a short break. And when we come back, Gabrielle Lurie and Leah Suzuki will join me to talk about the women they photographed. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. The majority of my life, I've been a caregiver. I was a teacher in um, elementary school and early childhood education, preschool. So, um, you know, taking care of everybody else for the majority of my life and then coming to a point where I'm not able to take care of everybody else and I have to focus on taking care of me. It's been difficult. That's Shariah Alexander, a 33-year-old mom of two in Vallejo. She's a birth justice advocate whose parenting has been complicated recently by her own health problems. She was photographed by Yolanda M. James as part of the Women's Work Project on sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. Now I'm joined by Gabrielle Lurie and Leah Suzuki. Gabrielle photographed Mary Jane DeCastro, an after-school teacher who lives in the Tenderloin with her husband and four kids. Leah photographed Connie Rivera, who owns a traditional Mexican craft shop and volunteers at the Mission Food Hub. You two both picked your subjects. How did you choose them? Gabrielle, let's start with you. Yeah, so I met Mary Jane on an assignment for a Heather Knight column. She was assaulted in the Tenderloin on her way home. And it was a very quick assignment where I was just photographing her as she was walking home. And I heard her backstory that she has a husband and four children and a dog, and they live in a tiny studio in the Tenderloin. And I thought that there had to be more to her story, and I figured that uh, she would be the perfect person to follow. Leah, how about you? I had um, met Connie Rivera in April of 2020 during um, the food handout line at Mission High School when the SFUSD started their meal program for the students. And um, I had gotten there beforehand, and there was a whole line of people lined up. But this one person had flyers that she was handing out to others in line, and it was really obvious that she was explaining things to them and answering them. And so I had approached her and asked. And she was handing out flyers to other food banks um, to help those in line who are obviously dealing with food shortage. And it was just so beautiful to me that here was this person that was obviously in fear like the whole city, state, nation was, yet she was still trying to help in the ways that she could. And she came to the food hub first because she needed food herself, but then she also started volunteering. 
Exactly. She, um, because of the food shortage, that was her introduction. And she just explained yesterday that she just got more and more involved as time went on. And she saw the need and she just felt the need for her and her husband to be going every day and slowly became kind of a leader within the volunteer group and ended up heading up the Mercado and um, the Mission Food Hub and kind of leading the volunteers and like calisthenics and warm-ups and just to try to keep healthy because a lot of volunteers talked about how the Mission Food Hub, their work there, helping the community actually helped their mental health issues during the pandemic. So each of you spent a whole day with each of your subjects. What was like your first thought as you were walking away from that experience? Well, Mary Jane is just absolutely astounding. She has boundless energy. She's up at 6 a.m. cooking eggs, bacon, and bagels, you know, waking up her four children, bringing them breakfast in bed, packing their bags, sending them off. And then she has two different jobs, uh, both of which involve uh, education, taking care of other kids. And she's just she's bouncing around constantly cooking. She she loves cooking and she works at the Tenderloin Recreation Center where she she does some education and she does some cooking because she loves to prepare healthy snacks. But she is working all day until about 7 p.m. So she's going for 12 or 13 hours and, you know, she's just super happy, bright, friendly, and she just is able to <laughs> balance so many things at the same time. You know, I can't imagine having that much responsibility. And Leah, how about you? What did you think after you followed Connie? I saw myself in her and just gratitude that people like that exist in this world, that care for one another, the care for their community so much. She emulated that in her work, in her volunteer work, in her dance, which she's done for 25 years in the community, dancing for kids, and really just watching her, the way she treated everybody that she interacted with. It was just with compassion and um, caring, which to me is always a beautiful thing. So, Leah, you're the only mom of the photographers who is working on this project that's about moms. And before we started recording... You said that you and Connie were like twins, which we loved. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? A lot um, that I saw of myself in Connie was her passion for her community and her motherhood, her family, and her extended family as well. I think that I see that also in a lot of my colleagues of whether they're it's it's a that caring nature but it's very strong with her and i would see people gravitate i could see why she became the leader at the mercado because her energy just kind of invites people she role models by giving that respect and they give it back i think that's a lot of what i saw with connie and just her her wit and just everything about her i think that you know, she's like so many San Franciscans and just makes our city just a beautiful place. 
Well, Leah, you're a lot like that too. You're super protective. I've seen you with your kids, just so loving, caring, and I know that they come first for you and that you are like a mother to the rest of us. So I can imagine that it was, you know, an even more enriching and beautiful experience to photograph someone that you felt that you could relate to so closely. And I think a lot of those characteristics are in journalists. That's why they get into the work they do. You mirror that, Gabrielle. It doesn't have to do with being a mom. It's just being a human. I think that is a perfect place to stop. Gabrielle Lurie, Leah Suzuki, thank you for joining me and for everything you do at The Chronicle. Thank you for having us. Thank you much, Lillian King. The Women's Work Project is at sfchronicle.com slash women's work. Thanks to my guests, photojournalists Bronte Whitpen, Gabrielle Lurie, and Leah Suzuki. And to Yolanda M. James and Jessica Christian, whose work also appears in the project. I'm Lily Janik. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.